0: Welcome to the Gallant Few Revolutionary Veteran Support Network. Tune in weekly for powerful stories that will enhance your life. So, uh, welcome to the New American Veteran Gallant Few's podcast. Well, thank you for allowing me to come on. Well, absolutely. I know Zach got this set up for us earlier, so thank you, Zach, for doing that. And what we're doing is we're highlighting veterans that have been a part of Gallant Few and we want to take a couple of minutes, have you tell as much of your story as you're willing to share. And then uh, we want to be able to encourage other veterans to reach out to Gallup. You, uh, not necessarily if they need help, but if they just want to be connected, they want to to move more towards whatever objectives they have in life, or if they just want to help other veterans. Does that all sound fair?
1: Sure. Definitely.
0: Well, fire away. Tell, tell us about yourself.
1: Well, uh, 31 years old. I've been retired out of the army for about eight years now after being medically retired. I, uh, during an ambush was kind of came, I kind of came face to face with an RPG and was on the literally face to
0: face with an RPG. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, sustained a, a brain injury, lost my right eye. And, uh, during the drawdown was more or less shown the door and, uh, left the army came back to the Kansas City area and where I first came into contact with the Gallant Pew was uh, I so this is after being in Walter Reed for a year and a half I was trying to get into the Leavenworth VA and uh, because the communication, DOD and the VA I wasn't able to go in and get any uh, appointments or medication or uh, you know therapy and such that I've been going through my identical twin brother that you know, we joined together in 07, uh, he deployed right before I did in 08. Uh, he was on his second deployment in Iraq, and he actually saw the Gallant Few logo on somebody's shorts during an MMA fight and uh, looked you guys up, told me that I should connect, like call you guys. You had a Red Star cluster back in the day, so I sent one up, and I think it was 24 hours later you called me.
0: And I then, apologize. Um, it took so long.
1: Oh, shoot. I'm I'm glad to get a response. I can't call uh you know a serious XM with the getting the answer back in 24 <laughs> hours. But uh yeah, I mean you were able to help me navigate through there and uh, ever since kind of kept in contact. Uh you helped me start my uh my veteran owned business. It's slowly coming up off the ground. But you know, it's just it's it's the advice. I'm not I don't wanna come to anybody. I have a hard time asking for help, but it's just the guidance from somebody that's knowledgeable in our field and somebody that we can relate to. So I went to college in Kansas city after getting out. It, it was kind of a tough decision, but I wanted to become the first person in my family to graduate from college. So made it through there was lucky to,
0: how hard was that to to be a college student after you've been on active duty and deployed?
1: It, it was, it was rough. Uh, I got the stereotypical question about, uh, you know being firefights and such that nobody's supposed to ask and uh you know you just you can answer it like you should or you can answer it and be hateful but you know it just comes down to ignorance some of these college kids don't understand and you know you're sitting in a classroom with 18 year olds it's not exactly like you're back on the block with your guys in the company hanging how did you end up
0: resolving that how'd you handle that
1: uh, I was very fortunate to have a guy that I met a couple years earlier that was actually stationed at Leavenworth as a medic in this class with me. He looked across the classroom to the student and said, That's something you don't ask. And uh, the teacher was a very military friendly individual and he just kind of proceeded with the class, you know, just like it didn't happen. So it was, it was nice. It just, it yeah, just that's uh,
0: good. And, because that somebody uh, asking you a question like that you know, that can send somebody into a tailspin that ruins the, the whole rest of their month.
1: Oh, sure. and I mean, I, I think there's some guys out there, it could possibly ruin their college experience. Just, yeah. you know, they got out of their comfort zone to go to college and then that happens and you know, I'm I'm done. But, do, you think, uh,
0: do you think it would help for uh, somebody like that to know that they're going to get asked that question at some point?
1: I mean, oh, if, you for know,
0: sure. if you know that ambush is coming, you can be prepared for it, right? If you don't know it, sure. then it takes you off guard.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's just just knowing the fact that this may happen. All you've got to do is, you know, reply with a, a kind but firm. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather not speak about that and go on about your life. Maybe they'll maybe they'll think that you were uh, something really cool in the military. They can, you know, just leave it to them to, yeah. to come up here. But uh, yeah, and you know, so after that, made it through college. Uh, I really liked the fact that this go around in college, because I went for a year before I joined the Army. But uh, this go around, you know, I'm 23, turned 24. I've got a lot more life experience, and I found college to be a lot easier. And the college professors gel with you more, if you want to say it like that. They understand that you've lived a little bit of life, and they're not more lenient whenever it comes to making good grades and such, but they help you out a lot more they can tell you're putting in the work they'll help you out but after that i uh I was able to land a really good job through a a friend I was in the army with and um oh well at some point in there I got to help come out and lead uh, the operation rollout uh what was it uh the motorcycle rally for veterans with you guys out in Gardner, Kansas. Yeah, that was a that
0: was a great event. That was a good day.
1: Yeah, it was definitely, and I got to meet some of uh, your friends that were there, and uh, just get into the community of veterans more that I didn't know. And I mean, that's that's what kind of what I like nowadays. How you've established you've established the veteran breakfast near the Dallas area. I'm trying to start it in Kansas City, and uh, I mean, that's what you were saying, like guys can come to Gallant View for help if they need it or guidance, but I also like the fact of you can come to the Gallant View just to network. So if you've isolated yourself in the Kansas City area or wherever you live, you've you've gone back to your hometown and you're isolated because there aren't a lot of veterans that, uh, you know, just around period you can connect with the gallant few and find out other guys that are around you so that you build that support network. And if you're having a hard time, then you're able to,
0: uh,
1: you know, rely on them.
0: You know, one of the things that, uh, that I've seen when I, when I work with a lot of veterans is, uh, the biggest threat to their, their physical and their emotional health is isolation. And, uh, you had said at the beginning Nobody wants to reach out and ask for help, right? Everybody wants to be to believe that they can solve anything that comes up on their own. And the reality is that you know, when you're in the military, you're in a firefight, you don't tell everybody else to go away. You say, bring more, right? Bring reinforcements. And, uh, and same thing goes on the outside. We, we have to, we as veterans... I have to get over the, I'm going to handle this on my own, even if it makes me crash and burn. And instead of maybe saying, hey, I need some help over here, just say, has anybody else gone through this? And what advice do you have? Right? Because if you just open it up like that, you're seeking information. That's kind of a safe way to open that conversation.
1: Exactly. The way that you phrase or enter your question, it's going to help you a lot more. So that I think a lot of guys maybe guys and gals may be scared to ask for help because some people are going to think that they're just asking for pity or whatnot. And I mean, we don't need pity. It's, we're asking for just a little bit of guidance so that we can get back on track. You know, we've stepped off or we just don't know what direction to take Right. in my life. Ever since I got out of the military, it's been one fork in the road after another and, you know, through friends guidance, through other veterans guidance, it's just, you know, it's helped to make the journey a little bit easier But I think that life's just full of a lot of you. You get past one fork in the road, you're just you're going to hit another and another and another. And it's going to better you if you can approach it with a good, good mindset and actually make an informed decision. And that's where you can rely on the guys that you meet.
0: Yeah. Talk to me about going into uh, civilian occupation. So going through, the, you said one of your army buddies uh, hooked you up with a job. How'd that – did you reach out and say, hey, I'm looking for a job? Or did he call you and say, hey, I got a job. Are you interested? How'd that go? Uh, that
1: was actually uh, – I was in my third year of college. Uh, my friend from the Washington, D.C. area just gave me a holler. I think that we had – well, we had kept in contact since basic training. And uh, he just asked me to come out to his place, meet some of the guys that he worked with. It Kind of like how you surprised me. It wasn't exactly – a known event, but it was a veteran peering out process to come out and see if you can be social with people and, uh, you know, just if you're a normal dude, you know, you can mix with with society. And uh, I went out there and then I was told what was going on after that. And I had the honor of being interviewed by Ryan Pitts, the uh, board observer that received the Medal of Honor about six years ago, I think. He was with Oracle at the time. And, uh, and then I just went with the flow. They actually asked me if I wanted to start working back in, it would have been 2014, but I knew that if, you know, if I stray from the road, if I strayed from college, I wasn't going to finish it. So I wanted to, you know, I just put my nose down and said, you know, if this job's still there, whenever I graduate, I would love to take it, but I've got a goal in mind and I want to finish it. So I mean, they held on. I was able to, uh, finish college, graduate with a, uh, bachelor's of a uh, business of administration and then get into my career you know starting my second life and it's it's really hard I can tell a lot of guys it's it's hard to go from being with with the group with the company with the cohesion to the civilian world in a lot of places it's cutthroat nobody's really looking to help each other until you kind of open up and get to know people there's going to be a bad egg everywhere but you know, it's just the civilian world, they operate differently than we did. They aren't, I'm not going to say everybody, but there's a lot of not being detail-oriented or time-oriented, you know, wanting to get tasks done right away. So that's really where you're going to stand out. A, a lot of veterans are going to go in and outwork and outpace a lot of their civilian counterparts, and it's going to pay off. It may not pay off next week, but it's going to pay off whenever that yearly evaluation comes around and, uh, you know, the managers are looking at it like, heck, John Gomez did this. Why aren't you even close? You know, it, not saying that I stand out for my civilian peers, but, uh, there's a lot of examples within Oracle where the gentleman that hired me in started going to Walter Reed and recruiting wounded veterans. And they vastly outworked, uh, their civilian counterparts on the sales floor. And it, it just set the, set the stage for them to bring more wounded veterans into the company. And that's, I'm actually trying to get started again with reaching out to some of the higher ups in Oracle and other organizations.
0: So if anybody's interested in in working for a company like Oracle or uh, Oracle, hit us up and I'll get you connected with my you said John Gomez earlier. You go by Mike usually. I get confused Correct. because sometimes when your the caller ID comes through, I'm calling you John and then I'm like, No, this is Mike. So <laughs> Yeah.
1: John Michael, uh, friends and family know me by Michael. Call me anything just not late for dinner, right? Exactly. There you go. It's, it's just just the same.
0: What uh, but, uh, so a couple of quick questions. One, uh, Oracle. So what is that? What uh, what do you do there? Kind of can you give a quick overview of military experience that helped you as you moved into Oracle?
1: Uh, so I'm a consultant on a couple different IT products. Uh, Oracle as a whole is a large uh, data warehouse. We used to do on-premises, so on customer sites, but now everything's moving to the cloud. So we're really getting into the cloud storage space and uh, whatnot. But what I do is go to customer sites and train them on the product that I specialize in. But then I'm, I'm also able to go in on the customer-facing side and make changes to better, better suit the customer. So I'm not on the, uh, the coding and uh, back end, but I'm on the customer facing to where it, it, it visually it helps them out, uh, putting in just a little bit of uh, technical work. But with, with the Army, with the experience that I had, I was a forward observer. I got to uh, teach a lot of infantry guys, some of my brothers, how to uh, call for fire. So I got the, the training under my belt, mm-hmm. being, able, being able to talk to people. I didn't have to break it down Barney style there. They were all very intelligent individuals, but uh, it's just being able to talk to people. And whenever you going back to where we said that guys isolate themselves a lot, it becomes harder and harder to talk to new people. Uh, You can take programs like Toastmasters, uh, or you can just put yourself out there, put yourself out there and meet a new person every day so that you get used to talking to different people because you're not always going to be working with the same person, but, uh, in my job right now, I'm engaged on a product or a project with the Air Force in San Antonio. I love it. I'm back around military folks. So, you know, the, the mindset's the same, the respect level. And uh, we're just working right now to better some of the processes in the Air Force. Uh, we, actually, we just completed a project to help Air Force, Air Force wounded warrior soldiers to come back in on the civilian side after they retire. And, you know, to me, that gave me a, a big dose of fulfillment with my job being able to help other wounded veterans come back in
0: well and that's one of the keys is is finding a purpose because if if you're isolating and you're not out meeting new people it's really difficult for you to to help somebody right and part of having a purpose usually for most people having a purpose means helping somebody or something else out right so I'm gonna I'm gonna the reason that I That I work or the reason that I do these things is so that I can go on a mission trip or so that I can volunteer at the local food bank or, you know, those kinds of things help people get purpose. And if you don't have a sense of purpose, a super easy way to do it is to go find a local nonprofit that uh, if you like dogs, go find a humane society. If you like, if you want to help homeless people, there's tons of organizations that do that stuff. Uh, get Get off your couch, go out there. You know, you might be around some people that are smelly or grubby or not the, the most pleasant people to be around. But you make a difference in their life, and that makes a difference in your life.
1: Yeah, you give them five minutes of your time, that may make their entire week. Yeah. Maybe they're in an even darker place than you are, and just you giving them your time of day, just it just really helps them mentally come out of it.
0: It helps put uh, your stuff in perspective.
1: It, exactly. I mean, every you're not the worst person. You're not in the worst place out there. There's always somebody worse, but you can always help people. And, uh, as far as having a mission, the first three months I was retired out of the army, I did nothing. I slept until noon, rode with one of my best friends that, uh, was a cop. I would, I would ride along with him at night, stay out till two three in the morning and just do it all over again. Like whenever you don't have a purpose, you're, <laughs> you're spinning your wheels going nowhere. And I mean, it gets boring, it, for, at least for me, it got boring awful quick. I had to go start working. I, I worked at the sheriff's department for a little while until I decided to go to college. And I, I'm telling you, just like Carl said, uh, just find something to do. Find a purpose. There's something out there for everybody. Even uh, I met a couple of veterans this last weekend. A fella started making fishing poles. He went through a class, learned how to make fishing poles, and now he makes them and donates them to wounded warriors or wounded veterans out there in his community to help them go out and start fishing and find a little bit of peace for themselves. There's always something to do.
0: That is outstanding. Well, what, uh, it, it, we got like another 30 seconds, a minute here. What would you like to add that we haven't talked about that you think important messages for uh, veterans to hear?
1: Uh, don't be scared to ask for help. I, uh, I'm a really good example of it, uh, whether it's in your marriage and your personal life in school, in your career, just uh, ask for help. Now, don't rely on the help all the time. If you're, uh, you know, you don't want to become the person that asks all the time to where somebody thinks that you're helpless. It's just you've got to take it in little doses, and but don't be scared to ask for it.
0: Yeah, and then when you ask for it, then start taking action on those things. You know, there we've we've worked with some veterans that, the, by the time they hit bottom and they come to us and they ask for help, then as, as we start to line things up, that will help them make their life better. Then they don't want to do those things because they're uncomfortable. Exactly. And, don't waste uh, their, time. Yeah. They're stopping drinking or hanging out with people they shouldn't hang out with or bad influences or they just, uh, some don't want to make those changes and you got to do it. You got to suck it up. You got to do the hard things. You think about going into the military, you know, it wasn't easy going through basic training. It wasn't easy going through, the things that you needed to do to advance and get promoted, but you did them because number one, that was your—you had a mission, you had a purpose, and you had other uh, other teammates who were helping you along. When that mission goes away and that purpose goes away, it's real easy for you to sink down into doing nothing. Exactly. And uh, you have to—you have to recreate your own purpose. You got to be your own squad leader exactly. and uh, get yourself in the butt.
1: Yeah, life's, like, rough, I- life's rough all over, but I mean, the more that you put in, the more effort you put into it, the easier it gets.
0: Yeah, and you know, one of the things that uh, that we're getting into, we're going to start doing a series through this podcast and our blogs to talk about functional emotional fitness and how you are how there are techniques out there that you can intentionally practice that help you move towards your objectives. And the terminology of functional emotional fitness, we don't talk about goals because the Army doesn't, when you're in a military unit, you don't attack a goal, you attack an objective. So an objective has a plan. It's got resources. You put things together in order to pull it off. You don't say, well, maybe we'll go attack Hill 821. You say, no, Hill 821 is our objective. And here's how we're going to approach it. Here's the support you know, all of that stuff. Uh, there are ways that you can uh, you can tackle your mind and help make your mind something that works intentionally on your behalf instead of sabotaging you, which is what a lot of people allow their minds to do. And conditions
1: are always changing, so you yeah. got to be prepared for that.
0: Well, buddy, it's great to talk to you. I appreciate the time. Thanks for uh, carving out a few minutes after you uh, you landed. And I hope you enjoy. Have a great weekend. You're in Kansas City. I hope it's not too chilly there today.
1: It's, it's not too bad. I'll get to go home and see my dog for the first time in a month. I'm pumped to do it. But thank no, you a lot for giving me the honor of being on your podcast. Hopefully we're reaching a few
0: new guys and we'll reaching strong. Hey, the honor is ours, buddy. Thank you very much. I'll be talking to you soon. Sounds great. Have a good afternoon. Take care. Bye. If you'd like to connect, please visit our website, www.gallantfew.org.
1: That's www.gallantfew.org.